Drumsters, it's Dawn Marie Mutel. Welcome back to another episode of The Little Drummer Girl. I am going to share with you one of the segments that we had on the Tampa Jam, It's Time to Pivot Online Summit. And I really hope you enjoy this. Stay tuned for more releases from the summit. I will be sharing those as well. And you can also check out the video version at Tampa Jam vlog at YouTube. Look it up under my name, Dawn Marie Mutel, M-U-T-E-L-L. Enjoy. Our next guest speaker is Hilda Labrada Gore, also known as Holistic Hilda. Hilda's purpose is to have you live your best life 100% at any age and stage. She's an integrative nutritional health coach and fitness professional certified by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and the American Council on Exercise. She also has a top podcast called Wise Traditions, and today she's here with us to share her top tips for hosting a show that includes how to build a report with your guest and why it matters, the importance of a draft list of questions and when to depart from it, how to avoid being steamrolled by a talkative guest, what to do if the interview just plain sucked, and why being the host of a show is like being on Dancing with the Stars. After it's all recorded, how to make your show shareable, and the most important thing to keep in mind for your show to succeed. So it sounds like she has a lot to cover with us today. So let's not wait any longer, and let's have Hilda join us now. Hilda, thank you so much for being here. I'm so stoked because, you know, I've seen your work before, and I just said, oh my gosh, I had to get you on the summit so that you could share this amazing information you have for our jammers because a lot of them, I think, are new to podcasting. So it really is uh, a beast of its own, you know, and there's so many things that are involved in it. And I really, I, I don't want to even talk anymore because I just know you have so much to cover and I want to give you all the time that you need so that you can share that amazing presentation for our group. So if it's good with you, yes. I'd love to get you started. Sure. I'm excited. Thank you so much, Domery. This is going to be amazing. You guys, if you are just starting, do not worry because we've all started somewhere. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm sure. going to click on share screen, my desktop, and um, then you will get to see the PowerPoint slideshow I've prepared for you. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. So my, my name is Hilda Labrada Gore. I'm the host and producer of the Wise Traditions podcast. And I didn't know how to podcast when I started. And here I'm talking about how to be the host of the most. So anything is possible. And I think that's the first thing I'm going to tell you is you have to have a positive mindset. You can't go into this thinking, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm no Joe Rogan. No, you're not Joe Rogan. You're exactly who you need to be to communicate your message, whether it's entertainment or information, some combination thereof. You could have a fan show. It doesn't matter. 
matter what you're doing, you have something special to bring to this world. And podcasting is a fantastic medium for it. So I'm going to talk to you in particular how to be a good host. And I know you've seen Dom Marie, so you know she's got what it takes too. But you don't have to be another Dom Marie. You don't have to be another me. You can be you and do amazing things. So the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is to build a rapport with your guest. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is you really want to relax people's nerves. Trust me, no matter how well-known your guest is, they're going to come on just slightly nervous. So you have to figure out how to help them relax. Don Marie did this with me just a moment ago, just saying how she was really excited about my information. And that made me feel like, okay, I can do this. I can bring what I have. So what I do with my guests is before I start recording, even before that, I send them a list of questions, which might sound too confining for some of us who are creative, emotional types. You know, it's like, oh, we just want to go with the flow. True. You can go with the flow. Just come up with even just five to seven questions and say, this is a starting point for our conversation. And again, that eases their anxiety because they're like, okay, I know where she's going to go or I know where he's going to go with this. So I can just kind of prepare for that. And then when you get into it and you start talking, they will relax along the way. But just knowing those questions are there helps so much. So even if I don't even know what I'm going to talk to the guest about, even if I haven't read their book or don't know that much about them, I can look at the table of contents. You don't have to spend hours on end to do this, but do what you can to make them feel comfortable ahead of time. Then once they're with you, even remotely, like I am right now with Don Marie, what I do for them is I chit chat with them before we get started. So I'm like, hey, how long have you been in California? Blah, blah, blah. And this serves two purposes. Again, it relaxes them because most of us don't have like two hour long shows where you can get to the good stuff an hour and 45 minutes in. You know what I mean? So you want them to calm down so they can bring the best of who they are. But number two, it also gives me an idea of what to expect from that guest. Trust me, I interview on the Wise Traditions podcast scientists who are like super uptight and linear and logical, which is fine, but... I want to get a little more personality out of them if I can and a little more understanding of who they are. So by warming them up, just like a warm-up person before a comedian, like I'm kind of preparing them for interaction and stuff like that. And then I also allay their fears by saying this, my editor can work wonders. So I remind them that it's okay if we stumble. And sometimes, honestly, I stumble right out of the gate. And in a way, I feel like, this is good because it shows them we can edit stuff out. I tell them if I misspeak or you misspeak, if I want to reframe a question, we can do that. We'll just take it out later. And again, they're like, okay, phew. I'm the only one actually that usually has to do that because I'll say, oh, wait, I don't like how I asked that question. Let me ask it again. And I think, again, it reminds them, okay, this is cool. It's not like live. There's nothing to worry about. So those are three things that I do that really build rapport. Give them questions ahead of time chit-chat it up as much as possible, and tell them the editor can work wonders. So that is really, really helpful. And I also want to tell you some simple words to draw them out. I say it's three little words. It's not I love you, although that might draw them out. I don't know. Um, but I usually just say, tell me more. So if you feel like, oh my gosh, what am I going to ask them next while they're talking? And I've had that feeling too. Just think about going a little bit deeper. Because chances are, if they're speakers or experts on any subject, they're used to kind of saying the usual thing. They'll just kind of roll with it. Like I tell people, oh, I was born with a hole in my heart, you know, a very dramatic story. But I can just kind of, as they say in Spanish, I can just do it from los, los dientes para fuera unless someone gets me to dive deeper. How did that feel, Hilda, the night before the surgery? 
you were alone in the hospital room and I could be like, oh my gosh, it was so scary. And they get me to open up in a new way because they just said, tell me more about that, you know, and then I can elaborate. So three little words, tell me more is great. And then you don't have to worry about the next question and you can look at it, but just be curious. I would also say, be very curious, listen, give them your full attention. You know, even right now, some of you might be (laughs) on your phones or doing a little email on the side. If you would do me the favor of giving me your full attention, you are going to walk away with more. And as the host, when you give your guests your full attention, you are able to extract more for your audience. The next tip I have for you is avoid being steamrolled. And this is when you have the opposite problem. You're not trying to draw stuff out of the guest. The guest is like a fire hydrant, you know, spewing everywhere. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just asked them one question and we're 20 minutes in. Trust me, it has happened to me too. So on the one hand, this is a good thing. They've got a lot to say. But on the other hand, the procasters, the NPR, the Gimlet, the WMYC people say, you have to have a back and forth to hold your listeners' attention. So here's what I do to try to avoid being steamrolled. Number one, I tell them before we get started, hey, this is a casual conversation, a back and forth. I might even tell them that one-minute thing, what the procasters do. Um, you still can't stop this sometimes. I feel like the hitch guy, you know, can't stop this, can't stop this. You cannot stop a steamroll sometimes. So sometimes while we're rolling, I'll say, hey, let me interject right here because sometimes I've forgotten to tell them that it needs to be back and forth, but sometimes I'm just reminding them again because we really need to make this more of a back and forth to keep the listener engaged. Um, and then the third thing is, and this is a last resort. Well, sometimes you just got to let it fly because it's very hard. I had this with an Australian guy who's amazing that I interviewed this past week. He just really would hardly stop. Um, so you can interrupt and edit that out later. I probably should have done more with, of it with this guy, but then I was actually listening and I thought, you know what, what this guy is saying is good. So don't overlook the fact that you're the host and not the guest. And this is important, you guys, because I've listened to a lot of podcasts where I feel like it's a topping competition, you know, where the guest will say something and the host is like, oh yes, I know all about mitochondria because I did a retreat with Jack Cruz. Well, that's fine. But your audience I'm sure they like you, actually, and a lot of times they come for the content and stay for the host. So they want to hear from you, but don't make like you're competing with the guests. Let the guests shine. And when you do that, which I think I did with this Australian guy, I do have a little listening team that I run it by, so I'm waiting to see what they think. But when you let the guests shine, that serves your audience as well. So again, the three things are warn them ahead of time that it needs to be back and forth. Two, interrupt as needed. Three, you can edit some stuff out. I did interview uh, Dr. Zach Bush. I don't know if you know some of these people in these alternative health circles, but he's an amazing scientist, researcher person. And I asked him about a hug because did you know that when you hug, you're like swapping DNA and it does so much to lower your stress level. Like it's really good. We should all have many more hugs a day than we currently do. And when I don't say this, my husband reminds me of it. But anyway, so I asked Zach Bush that question You guys, he was off to the races. He was off to the stratosphere. He started talking about black holes and how they take information, and it was way too much for what I really wanted him to get to, so I just edited some of it out. Now, you have to be careful with that because you don't want to ruin the nice role that your guest is on, but if need be, you can edit. But again, as I just told you, it happens sometimes, and sometimes it's not the end of the world. Sometimes your guest 
is really serving your audience best by just letting them go on and on. So just keep that in mind. Now I want to talk to you about what to do if the interview completely tanks. Like, you're like, okay, I know that was bad. I don't need a listening team to tell me that. Like, either the guest just wasn't a good fit for your show, or they were stammering a lot, and you're like, darn, I thought they had more to offer, or they were just totally promotional. It happens. It happens. The first thing you do is you thank them, which might sound strange, but you should actually do this with all your guests. Send them a little thank you. Thank you so much for the time you took because they gave you some time and time is precious, right? So thank them. The other thing is if you didn't do this beforehand, now is the time to do it. Just say, hey, I have a listening team. Not every episode I record ends up published, whether it's tech issues or other things. Sometimes that happens. I just want to give you a heads up on that. But again, thank you. As a thank you, I want to give you blah. If you want to give them a, like a little subscription to your newsletter or a little, you know, your favorite coffee, whatever it is, do that. But if not, just say, thanks again. I'll be in touch. So that way you're giving yourself an out. So give yourself an out to not publish. And it's actually preferable to do it ahead of time, of course. And then they're not like thinking you're just saying it because that's what you're telling them. But you can always say ahead of time, hey, just a reminder, now that everything I record ends up published. And so that gives you an out. But if you need to get the out afterwards, that's fine. Then sometimes I just put it on ice. And, you know, maybe some people are more direct and just say right away, hey, that wasn't a good fit. Sorry, goodbye. But as an emotive person and a creative person, I just would rather not, you know, initially hurt the person's feelings. So I'll put it on ice. Hardly any guests, you guys, come back to me asking what happened. As a matter of fact, I was on someone else's show and I never heard back and I thought, oh, I'm sure it just wasn't a good fit. You guys, I had to get up in the middle of the interview and go do something and come back. And the guy just kept rolling and talking. And I thought that was horrible. And at the end, he said to me, what do you think about the scandal of this butter that they say is not, you know, grass finished as promised? I was like, eh, that's okay. When I know he wanted a different answer, I know he wanted me to say, never eat that brand of butter. But I was like, who cares? So I was like, this guy's never going to publish it. To my surprise, he did. So what I want to tell you is, it does not break people's hearts if you don't publish. Like I knew myself it wasn't a good fit. So if you do need to be so bold and tell a person, you know what, it just wasn't a good fit. I'm sorry. They might come back at you and ask why, which one guest did with me one time. And I said to her, oh my gosh, you guys, I can't even believe I'm telling you this, but at least I'm not telling you the guest name. I said, actually, I felt like you were overcoached. I felt like you were told to tell the story a certain way and it just came across not genuine. So I had to tell her because that's really what happened. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me that. So maybe even if she's never on my show again, which I don't think she will be, she at least knows that I thought she was overcoached and can improve the next time. So maybe it's a gift to tell the person, frankly, this is why it didn't feel right to me. But again, there are other things you can do. You can thank them. You can tell them not everything ends up published and give yourself an out so that they don't feel bad. But if need be, yes, be very direct and it's not the end of the world. They will move on. You're not breaking their heart. You didn't break an engagement. You know what I mean? So don't worry about it. Oh, and then here I'm saying, why is hosting like Dancing with the Stars? This is why. Because you need to lead. As I said at the top, you need to lead boldly. I have a friend. Oh, I love her so much. And I coach turn podcasting, but she could not stop the apology train. I don't know if you've ever been with someone like that who's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And oh, you know, my voice is a little hoarse. No, get off the apology train. And I think this is a problem with women, especially, okay? Don't apologize. As a matter of fact, they're thrilled to be on your show. I will often, and this is not a manipulative play, I'm just Latina, so I run late. I will often email the guests and say, 
give me another five to seven minutes. I'm still putting things together. I'm not sure I even apologize because they're happy to wait five minutes so I can get my stuff together. And it's not the end of the world. So don't get on the apology train. I don't know if you've ever danced with someone stepping on your toes. That's painful. But they just need to go for it and spin you and you'll have more fun than if they're saying, I'm sorry, every other word, even if they do step on your toes occasionally. So host your show boldly and your guests will follow. And this is actually a good word for me too. When next time I'm getting steamrolled, I'm just saying, hey, just a reminder, this is not how we roll on this show. And I think sometimes, you know, giving you more and more good content, it might not be the case. And the other thing is, I think they sometimes get confused about the length. So you might just say, hey, just a reminder, this is a shorter show. So we need to go back and forth. So yes, post boldly. And I'm telling myself that as well. Be confident and have fun. And how to make the show shareable. Oh, this is important too. When I started podcasting, I thought, oh, I'm just going to make this great product and everybody's going to listen. And then I realized that's not the case, even though in my situation, what I did, you guys, and I'm telling you this in case you want to try it, I approached a group I admired. It was an ancestral health group, kind of paleo-like. And I said, you guys are amazing. You already have like 11,000 members. You should have a podcast. To my surprise, they said yes. So this is part of the bold dancing thing. I don't know why. I never had a microphone before. I'd never had a podcast before, but they said yes. And so even with that solid base of a a potential audience, I realized, oh my gosh, we've got to get the word out. So I started helping them with their Instagram. We started making little graphics with quotes and sharing those on Facebook, on Instagram, because even with that base, people weren't going to listen if they didn't know what it was. And a few years ago, people didn't even know what a podcast is. Now we have the advantage that they do know what it is. Michelle Obama has a podcast. Trader Joe's has a podcast. Practically everyone does. So how do you make it shareable? I'm going to give you my best tips. You can't just say, Hey, episode 30 is out. My guest was Dom Marie. It was awesome. Check it out. That's like a marshmallow compliment. It's like when someone says, Hey, girl, you look good. It might be like, Hey, okay, thanks. That doesn't tell you anything. So the next level is if you add a little more to it and say, Hey, episode 30 is out with Dom Marie. We talk about how to be the best host. You'll learn tips about leading confidently, what to do when your episode tanks, and how to share your show. Boom. Do you see? Okay. That's good. That's better. That's a a compliment that has a little more meat to it, shall we say. I'm a carnivore, so. (laughs) But there's another level you can go to even higher. So don't make it vague and just listen to my show. That's not going to work. A few specifics about what the show is about is good. Okay, that's a little bit better. But the top tier is... Give them some value added right away. Give them value added. Don't wait for them to listen to the show because they might not. So right away, tell them, hey, did you know that when you're going to interview a guest, if it's a podcast show, the best thing you can do is chit chat ahead of time, remind them it has to be a back and forth, interrupt as needed, and edit like crazy to make your show go viral or whatever. And so that way, and by the way, Dom Marie gives more tips on episode 30. Check it out they're much more likely to listen. Do you see why? Because you've already given them a very specific to do so. They've already gotten something that's valuable. So they're like, oh my gosh, there's more value in there. Don't just hint at it. You know, and it reminds me of um, like when you go to Costco or we used to go and they'd give you samples, like you know how good that tastes. They give it away for free because they know you're going to come back and you're going to probably buy that product. Same principle holds here. So don't be vague. Don't just do a teaser. I mean, you can but it's even better when you give value added and that's going to make your show more shareable because people are going to actually listen and then share the show. 
I want to tell you my philosophy for life and for podcasting. It started out as kind of a, um, I think it was some campaign a church was putting on a while ago, kind of like saying, you know, God first, you know, others second, and myself third. And I thought, you know what? This works for podcasting too. I am third. My listener is number one. I really want to serve them. If you're just in it for you to hear your voice and get accolades, well, you might be better off, you know, learning to skydive or something because honestly, you know, it's not that rewarding in that sense. But if you put your listener first, you will find it so rewarding because suddenly they're saying to you, oh my gosh, you're the first thing I did today that really made me laugh. I was having a rough day until I listened to your show. Or they'll say, I was discouraged. My family isn't wanting to eat the way I want them to eat. And when you talked about how hard it was for you at first to introduce them to real food, that really resonated with me. You know, so genuinely put your listener first and it will help your show be successful because it's not just a one-way street, it's a two-way street. The second thing is, Put your listener first, your guest as number two. Because when you let them shine, like I said earlier, don't compete with them. Make them feel comfortable. Draw out the best from them. That's going to serve your listeners. So you see how well that works? Put yourself third. What happens is, you guys, in a crazy mixed up way in this world, when you put yourself third, it ingratiates you to others so that your audience loves you because they know you're not trying to put yourself first. I think of a party where... Um, you know, person, you might walk in and see someone talking and everyone's around them and you think, oh, that person's so popular. That person has drawn people to themselves because they're talking, but they're probably not the most popular person at the party. The most popular person is the one who goes to the host and says, thank you. Here's a little plant I brought you as a thank you gift. Or that goes up to Charlie and says, tell me about this buffalo dip you made. It's amazing. That person, even though no one's around them at that party, when they leave, everyone's talking about like, Hey, did you see him? Did you see her? She was so nice. We're going to invite her to the next one. Do you see what I mean? It's kind of a how to win friends and influence people. I think the guy, Dale Carnegie, who wrote that book, was talking about it from a networking perspective back in the 50s or 60s or whenever he wrote it. But it actually is a wonderful way to live, and it's a wonderful way to podcast. It will help you get ahead more than if you tried to put yourself first. But my show has had like millions of downloads, and it's just... It's nothing more than me and a microphone asking questions of a guest, and it's just done remarkably well. And I think it's a tribute to, again, having that mindset of listener first, guest second, myself third. And follow me on Instagram because I do like to give health tips, which I think help us also be our best as podcasters. So everything you say is so crucial to really having a successful show. And I love what you say about really making your guests feel welcome. And I found that that's something I try to do when I have a guest on a show, but it's really sometimes, you know, you don't know their personalities. You don't know where they're coming from. And part of uh, getting to like getting to other people's minds is knowing how busy they are or knowing their schedules and knowing how important their time is. So do you agree? I do. And I also would think what I've learned is even like the biggest person is just a normal person. Exactly. So like I was interviewing this guy the other day and he had a dog barking. And I was like, oh, you've got a dog. I've got a dog too. Like just being friendly and not as much as possible calming your own nerves, which I didn't even mention that. But I think that's kind of important is just being relaxed, not feeling rushed because then you do feel harried and you're conveying that energy to your guests. So be relaxed. Remember, they're just a regular person. Honor their time. 
Um, and yeah, and it will go well. It will go well. Just relax into it. Know that I listened to, um, I think it was Joe Rogan the other day. You know, he's like the king of the podcast <laughs> yes. right now, I guess, because yes. he's making bank. I don't know. And he was stumbling, you guys, on his first question. And I was like, okay. That makes me feel better because it reminds me we're all human mm -hmm. and it probably made his guests feel better and it's no big deal. People love him for who he is. You know what I mean? So just be yourself and, you know, ratchet down those nerves, you know, do some deep breathing or whatever you have to do before you get rolling so that you can bring your best self and you will bring the best out of your guests too. And I really, really love what you say about having your list of questions because, you know, I've, I have a rapid fire portion of my podcast and I remember just trying to get to know somebody a little bit more intimately so I could get a little bit more personal and see, you know, how do they really love to live their lives? And I found that that was really helpful is asking them some a little bit questions that kind of dig a little bit deeper off the surface so that you could just kind of get some interesting answers. And I love the feedback that you get from it because I find that, you know, people are like, Oh, I never knew that about you. You know, I didn't know that. So, um, I think for people out there who are looking yes. to start a podcast, really think about who you are serving and who you're going to have guests on your show to really get to, you know, look them up and get a little bit more information about them so that you can just ask them some interesting questions about their lives because people do love to talk about themselves. So they do. And if they're experts, I feel like they might be on a circuit, like promoting their books. So they're always like, why did you write the book? You know, say they're trite answers. And so, what you're saying, Domri, is so critical. Like, find out a little bit more. I, I have to be honest, I'm a little Larry King-like in that I don't do tons of homework. I know time, my time is limited too, so I don't spend tons of time looking at all the other interviews and all the other questions asked. But I do spend enough time to learn something interesting so that I can draw that out of the guests because that's important. You're right. You don't want just the usual trite answers because then they're sleepwalking through the interview and you want it to be vibrant and more interesting than that. Exactly. So Hilda, let me ask you this question. Monetization is really key to sustaining a podcast. Do you have any suggestions when it comes to monetization? Um, don't think only about sponsorship. People usually think, okay, I need to find a sponsor for the show. I need to just get a couple of, you know, I'll go cold call some companies, Casper mattresses that are always all over the place, Geico, you know, some of those are so big. Just the getting the sponsor for the show. I would think more local and maybe this is the health coach me coming out because I like to eat local. But if you have a show, for example, about um, comedy, like we were talking about earlier, there are local comedy improv groups, right? Start getting involved with them, maybe showcase some of those people and then just ask, like if there's a comedy club, hey, they're just down the street. Would you guys like to sponsor my show? You could be, you could even start with like exclusive sponsorship or something. In other words, um, it's a small partnership. Maybe sponsorship isn't even the right word, but a small partnership where, hey, I'll give you a shout out at the end and maybe I can do a live show there. Let's do some in-kind stuff. And you might be surprised at where that can take you because the next thing you know that I've seen this happen, the comedy club might say, just be our show. Would you mm. be our show? It started like a, a fan show for the LA Lakers or somebody like that. I'm sorry, I don't watch sports, even though my husband's an athletic director. Anyway, um, and the next thing you know, that LA Lakers were like, come on, you be our official show because he was that much of a fan and he was like promoting them. Do you see what I mean? So kind of start looking around, pay attention to who your audience is um, locally. Another idea is kind of the way I did it with this Wise Tradition show. I admired this group. So I just said, I'll do a show for you. So they didn't come to me. I went to them. So I know a young African-American woman that I was kind of podcast coaching. 
And she already had a good following on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, girl. She kind of wanted to do a mom style podcast thing. I was like, go to those magazines, Crown and some other ones she was mentioning to me and tell them they can have an exclusive offer. Again, she's taking the initiative, but she knows She's not going to the, for the big guns, you know, she's, she knows exactly who she is and what she has to offer. And it is nice if you have a beginning platform already, you know, as she did a little bit of a following on Instagram, she'd spoken at some conferences. And that's the other thing too, is connect with your community, go to where your people are. Like if I have a health show, I'm going to go to a health conference and I'm passing my card out all over the place. Not only that, I'm not just like, Hey, 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 I'm like, Hey, I've got a YouTube channel. Let me interview you because it builds goodwill to put them on that platform before I get on on the podcast. So you need to remember that it's not just a one-way deal. It's a two-way street, build community, go local, and take initiative with your niche. And I think these are ways in which you can start making some money. Just be open to other possibilities. I love that. That is so true because, you know, everything is in our backyard sometimes and we don't even know it's there. But I think it's true. Start with in-kind bartering. What the heck? You know, I'll Mm -hmm. give you a shout out if you give me three free pieces. Like, have fun with it, you guys. Don't forget, it's not about money all the time. But then you series and it's going to be about makeup and then reach out to some company or your friend, you know, sells Mary Kay. And, you know, so there's all kinds of ways in which you can start. And yeah, it might not be big bucks at first, but you're going to be, like you said, serving community and building goodwill. And one thing will lead to the next. And some people call it kind of, um, you know, there's a thing called skill stacking where you're a podcaster and then you're also this and that. It's kind of stacking goodwill, stacking all these things will lead to the right fortune to come your way. That's a great idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's huge. Yeah. And I just say don't give up because you just don't know when that next breakthrough is going to happen. And I find that I think, you know, I was doing some research on some different podcasts that I was looking at and they don't exist anymore. And they were kind of big at the time. So I thought, well, I wonder what made them drop off, you know? So can I interject one more thing though? Sure. Take advantage of your audience. Let's say you just have 50 people. Um, when I say take advantage of them, I don't mean aprovecharte, which means like, you know, hoodwink them. I mean, pick their brain and say, hey, you guys, um, what can I do to monetize this? Do you have any ideas? You know, because they might have ideas for merch. Like, like, why don't you sell a mug with your, you know, the phrase you always say at the end, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, or they might have ideas for sponsoring you through Patreon. I mean, who knows? So there are people around you that are pulling for you. Um, as you were saying, like, we don't realize it's in our own backyard. So your audience is one of them. They might be really disappointed if you stop, but you might say, Hey, I'm getting tired. Uh, I was thinking about even continuing on and just see what they say, pull them. And by the way, this is actually a marketing technique. I don't know if you've heard this where people will give several pictures and say, which should be my book cover. They might full well know what their book cover is going to be, or which should be my podcast art. They might very well know which one they want to pick but it engages the audience. And so your people might be scrolling by, oh yeah, I already listened to those episodes. But when you ask for their help, they're going to feel compelled to engage with you. And there might be someone that has a nugget just for you that's going to help you get over that hump. And it could be that you have to do seasons. That's okay too. That's not pod fading. It's saying, I'm done right now. I'm going to take a break for the summer. I'm going to come back in the fall. That's perfectly fine. Who knows? I bet somebody in your audience already has ideas for you. Thank you so much. I don't know how you do everything. You, you just have your hands in a lot of different fires there. So I love podcasters. I think it's an amazing medium. It's kind of the democratization of um, information. Like we don't have to just get our news from CNN or this person. Like 
you know, we can all put out whatever we want and it's just, it's phenomenal. So I'm grateful for what you're doing, Marie, and Thank for you. inviting me to be on your show. I really feel privileged. Oh, I can't wait to meet you at, uh, at Chris's uh, podcast if you're going to be there. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> But thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. And I hope to see you in a few months. Yes, same girl. Stay connected. And everybody, let's stay connected. Let's follow each other on Instagram and make more of this community because I love it so much. Thanks, Domery. Thank you. And remember, it's never too late to leave a trailblazing behind you. So rock on and mock out and I'll catch you on the flip side. 